Ruth chapter number 4, I think it's very appropriate, the song that they just sang, because in Ruth chapter number 4, Boaz and Ruth and Naomi are going to find out that, in fact, God is bigger than all the burdens that they'd been bearing. In the book of Ruth, we begin with three funerals. And in the conclusion of Ruth, we have a redemption, a wedding, and a baby. And it's a sweet conclusion to what begins as a difficult situation. And I have you know something, the Bible is still very plain that all things work together for good to them that love God. And we are a hopeful people. Does that mean we're not without trouble? Oh, no, we have trouble. But we are a hopeful people because God is faithful. And the promises of God are true. And God's people can rest in the faithfulness of God. God's people can rest in the faithfulness of God. In chapter number 3 of the book of Ruth, Ruth has uh, made it clear to Boaz that uh, she is interested and that they probably ought to get married. And Boaz has made it clear to Ruth that this is the right thing and the right time and I'm going to do my part. And uh, in chapter number 4, we see Boaz doing the work of the kinsman redeemer and some fascinating things. I want to begin our reading in verse number uh, 18 of chapter 3. Verse number 18 of chapter 3. So we're going to back up one verse and I want you to see what happens. Ruth has uh, just met uh, Boaz on the threshing floor and uncovered his feet, if you remember that story. And Everything's clear. Boaz has said, there's one kinsman that's nearer than me. I'll have to find out if, uh, what we can do. We're going to go through the right channels to make this marriage appropriate and correct. And Ruth goes home to Naomi, her mother-in-law, and tells her the whole story. And Naomi gives some fascinating advice, which is the springboard for this morning's message. Verse number 18 The Bible says, Then said she, Naomi, to Ruth, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. Verse number 1 of chapter 4, the Bible says, Then went Boaz to the gate and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said to the kinsmen, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, sell the parcel of land which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me, that I may know. For there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. 
Now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor. And this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Kilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that has come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel. And do thou worthily in Ephrathah, and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of Pharez, whom Tamar bare unto Judah of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth and She was his wife, and when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child And laid it in her bosom, and became nurse unto it. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Pharez. Pharez begat Hezron, and Hezron begat Ram, and Ram begat Amenadab, and Amenadab begat Nashon, and Nashon begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed, Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. And we finish reading this book of the Bible in this chapter, and so many things and interesting things in this passage of Scripture. But I want to begin with the last verse of chapter number 18. The Bible says, Then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until they have finished the thing this day. Now, can you imagine this setting? Uh, It was uh, Ruth's love story has come true, and Naomi's great dream has come true, and Ruth, no doubt, is pretty excited. I remember when Ruth and I got engaged. I lied to Ruth for over a week, about or longer than that, about having an engagement ring. She is so nosy. If you, she is so nosy. And when we were in college, she was especially nosy because she was questioning me, and she was questioning me, and finally got to the place. I was trying to not lie to her. Finally got to the place where I just had this bold-faced liar. I'll never, remember, I'll never forget. Here I am. Uh, we're seniors in college, and I remember laying in my bed in our house, and I was talking on the phone to Ruth, and she asked, have you got a ring yet? And I was sitting there in, the, in bed looking at it. I was like, nope. <laughs> I was able to work it out with her parents to drive to Indiana and surprise her. And uh, it was a blast. It was so much fun. I walked in her house. Her parents had left uh, on purpose. And I walked, I pounded on the back door and 
Ruth answered the door. You thought she'd seen a ghost. It was great. And I proposed to her, and she said yes. And she was so excited that she couldn't sit still. It was funny. I, we, had to, I, we actually had to call her down one time because she was up on the couch. She was standing on the couch. She was excited, and I was more excited. I believe it was exciting. and You can imagine the jitters that Ruth had at this moment when everything had come together. There was excitement, but there was also fear because Boaz had already told her, now look, I'm going to do everything I can, but there is a kinsman nearer than me, and I'm going to have to talk to him first. Have you ever had these things that you hope they come to pass, you believe they're going to come to pass, but... There's that one little kind of, uh, what if? And at this moment in Ruth's life, there was the excitement of the moment and the fear of what might happen. And Naomi finally just had to say, sit still. And the scripture says it like this, sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not rest until, I, until he have finished the thing this day. Today's message is titled that, Sit still. Sit still. Now, I'll just tell you, it's very difficult to sit still and wait. It's very difficult to sit still and uh, deal in our spirits with things that are uncertain. The Lord gives us a promise and gives us a command. And in this passage of Scripture today, He says, sit still. All through the Scriptures, the Bible says to wait. None of us love to wait, but waiting is important. Waiting teaches us that God is faithful. Waiting teaches us that God's timing is perfect. In our lives as Christians, we need to learn in the moments of unrest in our spirits, in the the days of uncertainty, in the moments when we don't understand why, it's important that we remember that we should sit still and wait on the Lord, and rest in the fact that he will not rest until he has done what he says he will do. God's faithful. We can rest in the Lord. I think my favorite definition of faith or evidence of faith is God's people able to rest in the midst of of trouble. God's people able to rest in uncertainty. And Ruth at this moment in her life is learning once again to rest. It was a rest that God had been working in her life over and over again. You see, it was uh, some time back now that she married a little boy from Bethlehem, foreigner. He died, and she had to rest. Rest in the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Naomi was in the same boat. Naomi had to learn to rest. She said, I'm bitter, I'm bitter, I'm bitter. But as she learned to wait and trust the Lord, God made her bitter better. Boaz. There's no evidence in the Scripture that Boaz at this point is married. I really don't personally believe that Boaz is just adding another wife to his harem. Boaz, no doubt a prominent young man in Bethlehem society, man of wealth with employees and farms, and he'd been waiting. And everybody in this picture 
is at a moment where they're having to wait on the Lord. And Naomi says to Ruth, sit still, sit still, wait, be patient. You can trust the fact that Boaz will not rest until he's taking care of this matter of great importance. You know, we can sit still and wait on the Lord. It's a good thing. Sit still. The first thing I want to talk to you about this morning is this. Sit still because, number one, we can trust God's redemption. Sit still because we can trust God's redemption. When we come to our story, the first ten verses are an interesting uh, transaction because it's outside of our culture. The culture of the day uh, dictated a few things. And actually, we can find in the book of Leviticus the reason why Boaz went through the channels that he went through. We'll begin here in verse 1. Then went Boaz up to the gate. Now, if you've got in your mind he went up to the red gate that separated the sheep from the cattle, you've got the wrong idea. The gate and this culture, the gate of the town, the gate of the city was the place where business was transacted. It was like the, a town hall. It was like the courthouse. It was the place. It was the entrance point. It was a, a wide place. There was often places to sit at the gate, places where folks could come to the gate, and that's where business was transacted. Public business took place at the gate. And so Boaz, when he gets up that morning, he says, I'm going to have to go to the courthouse and take care of some business. And so he goes to the gate. The Bible says he sat down there. Behold, the kinsman came by. I think it's fabulous that the one man who needed to come by came by this morning right on time. You know something that we can trust? We can trust in the providence of God. We can trust in the moving of God. And we can rest in the fact that God is putting pieces together for us and for his glory. This is very simple and something that some folks do, but if you've not made the practice of it, maybe you should. How many of you get impatient when you have to wait too long in the McDonald's drive through line and all God's people said, oh me. How many of you get impatient at Walmart when you're in the checkout line? I do. That's why I quit going to Walmart. I'm just kidding. If I need to, I will. How many of you get impatient when traffic stops? Yeah. How many of you love it? When someone was driving really slow on your way to work. Isn't it great? You know, we need to learn that God is working providentially in our lives. I met people all along life's way, Christian people, who've just got to the place, instead of being so frustrated when things aren't going their way, they thank the Lord for doing and moving and working their lives in mysterious ways that only he can to protect them and care for them. And the right way to look at delay is with gratitude. The right way to look at changes of plans is with thanksgiving because God is working. And God in this scene, this moment, the very man that Boaz needed to see on this particular day, the day, came by the gate and Boaz gets to see him. Look at him. I love how this is, happens. Boaz spake. Uh, uh, the man, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake, came by unto whom he said, Ho, such a one. You see that exclamation point? He's like, Hallelujah, there you are. I need to talk to you. Turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And the Bible says that he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit you down here. And they sat down. He said unto the kinsman, 
Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, sailed the parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. Now, so he just says, here's the deal. Naomi is a widow. The law says we need to redeem that land, and we need to bring up a name for her family. You redeem it, or I'm going to. I've advertised my intentions. What are we going to do? And all of a sudden, this man says exactly what Boaz does not want him to say. What's he say? Verse number 4 at the end of the verse. He said, I will redeem it. Boaz goes, oh, no. He says, I will redeem it. Then Boaz says, aha, maybe this will change his mind. Then said Boaz, what day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. He says, if you buy it, you've got to buy, you, you've got to purchase Ruth also. Now, Ruth was not a slave. Ruth was uh, to be the wife of the man that redeemed the land and the, uh, redeemed the Future And the reason that Ruth would be a part of this transaction was because the Old Testament law afforded for a kinsman to marry the widow in order that the name of the dead would go forward. It was a way that God chose to protect the promised land. And uh, an interesting thing outside of our culture, but that's why it went this way. So the Bible says... This, in verse 6, the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Guess what happened? Boaz had a little knot in his gut. But then all of a sudden, the knot went away because the opportunity to do what God had put in his heart came to pass. How many of you ever have these moments where you're just like, oh man, this is going to be the end of the world? This is the end of the world. But then God turns things around. Folks, we can rest in the Lord. We can trust the Lord. Sit still. Sit sit still. Trust God's plan of redemption. The Bible continues in verse 7. Now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor. And this was a testimony in Israel. Now that's kind of odd, isn't it? How did you seal a deal? Uh, you know, in our culture, it's a handshake or has been a handshake. COVID's messed up handshaking a little bit. I like the handshake. And I, I'm not afraid of handshaking. But the whole COVID thing kind of changed the handshake thing around. I don't know if you do this or not. But I'm always approaching people kind of wondering if they want to shake hands. I'm glad to. But if you ever want to shake my hand, just go for it. That's good with me. But I kind of approach people with my hands back anymore. Because uh, it's kind of something that some people are afraid of. Uh, we jokingly say when we get home from church that we're wiping the fellowship off and uh, we wash our hands. But in this culture, the way you seal the deal, uh, it's not like a man's shake, handshake was, his, uh, was as good and, as it was his word and was good like a transaction, like a contract. In this day, you took off your shoe and handed it to the other guy. 
I'm hoping he gave the shoe back, but as a symbol of the deed being done, you handed a man your shoe. <laughs> I don't think we need to pick this up in our modern culture, but that's what they did. And just like shaking hands on a transaction, before this group of witnesses, the shoes were plucked off and handed back and forth, and the deal was done. Boaz had sealed the deal, and Ruth would be his bride. Oh, what a beautiful thing. The Bible says in verse number 8, Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said to the elders and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Kilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. Now, I've not forgotten the point and what the point we want to make. Sit still, trust God's redemption. Now, in the book of Ruth, Boaz is a type and picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Boaz represents to us in many ways what Jesus has done for us. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. He's often referred to that way. He is our kinsman redeemer. There's something wonderful about Jesus. Jesus had to become our kinsman in order that he might redeem us. How did Jesus become our kinsman? Jesus, who is eternal God, equal with God. Jesus humbled himself. Jesus took on the form of man, took on flesh, and became like man and was a man in order that he might redeem us. I'm thankful for that. Jesus redeemed us. There are so many likenesses that we can make. There's also contrasts that we can make to Jesus and Boaz. But I think the greatest likeness that I'm reminded of is the thing that motivated Boaz on this particular day to get this matter taken care of. The fact that he would not rest until it was finished. Boaz was motivated by his love for his prospective bride. And therefore he worked and did what was necessary in order to redeem her, to purchase her, to set her free from the curse of that moment of being a young widow to give her hope and brightness for the future. Folks, I want you to know something. The Lord Jesus in love has purchased us. Do you know the Bible says you're not your own. You are bought with a price. And because we're bought, bought with a price, we're to glorify God. God has paid the price for us. Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins on the cross of Calvary. And because of what Jesus did for us all, we can have everlasting life. And we can rest in the fact that God in love has put the pieces together that we can have everlasting life. God in love has put the pieces together that we can be redeemed, that we can be purchased, that there's life beyond the grave and eternal life for all people who put their trust in Christ and Christ alone. There's reason to sit still. There's reason to rest. We come to moments in life that are so difficult. Heartache that is so grievous to be born. And we think, where are you, God? And God reminds us, 
It should remind us that life is short, eternity is long. And there's such sweetness and brightness in being the children of God. You see, we can sit still and rest knowing that God has redeemed us. We can trust God's redemption. I think about Naomi and Ruth's grief, and it was real. It breaks my heart as I study these passages of Scripture. I, I dive into their lives, and I, I actually I get so sometimes so emotional when I think about all that they had to deal with, and it breaks my heart. I get sick thinking about Naomi and a foreign land, standing at the graves of her husband and her only two children, two sons. My heart bleeds to see Naomi and Ruth and Orpah, all three of them embracing and crying. I can't stand it. And when I see that picture, I think, God, where are you? But I'm reminded that God works through the most troubling of times and difficult situations to bring about the greatest good and glory. And I like to think about people like Naomi and Ruth who suffered for a time. They did. I don't know the timeline, but Ruth and Naomi suffered for a time. Naomi probably longer than Ruth. Naomi suffered for a time. and Let's say it was 10 years, 15 years from the time that Elimelech died to the conclusion of the book of Ruth where she's holding in her hands this baby, Obed, and so much of the burdens of life have just faded away as she peers into the face of this beautiful child. When she's looking at Obed, the best is yet to come. I like to think about Naomi. You know, Naomi had a rough time, and there's 10, 12 years there that was very brutal, and God brought some brightness into life. But let me tell you something, the greatest brightness that God brought into the life of Naomi and Ruth and Boaz was not a wedding. It was not a baby. It was not a home. It was not a long life when they lived happily ever after. The greatest brightness that came into the lives of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz was the fact that Jesus Christ would pay the price for their sins on the cross of Calvary and that they could have through faith in God at this moment. Life eternal. The presence of their great God and their Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I think about the time that's passed, what, 4,000 years maybe, something like that, since this story took place. <laughs> it's true. Naomi Ruth had it rough for a time. But I like to think about the fact that these two people literally exist at this very moment in a real place called heaven in the presence of Jesus Christ. And I'll just tell you, if they could give you testimony, they say, thank God we trusted in the Lord and we could sit still resting knowing that God is faithful. And there was a season that was difficult and tough. Oh, but the glory that we've experienced for these thousands of years in the presence of Christ. <laughs> what trouble. Now remember something. 
You are eternal. And when we get so caught up and worried about the details of life and forget that Jesus Christ has redeemed us and given us a heavenly home when we put our trust in him, gives us hope and courage and strength to weather the storm. It's a good thing to look to the fact that this world's not my home. I'm just passing through. You see, you can sit still because you and I can trust in God's redemption. Number two, you and I can sit still and rest because we can trust in God's blessing. You know, God's blessing us even now. How many of you are thankful for God's blessings in your life? Would you say amen? How many of you can identify something that God has blessed you with? Would you raise your hand? God gives us and blesses us all. When we consider what we deserve in comparison to what we have and get, we all must take note of the fact that we have been blessed. Most of the time, the things that we complain about, the things that, uh, that make us feel sorry for ourselves, if we look at it with the right perspective and lens, we know that God is blessing anyway. God is faithful. But I want you to see how God does. God blesses us. Do you know that God blesses us all through life? God blesses us with his mercy and grace. God blesses us with his blessings of things and provision. God blesses us with peace in our hearts. God blesses us in a multitude of ways. And if you look, you won't have to look far to understand that there's a reason to thank God. I like to look at the blessings of God in the life of Naomi and Ruth. Ruth first. The Bible says in verse number 11, here's the story. Everybody that was there at the gate that day, you can imagine there were 10 elders. There was the other kinsmen. There was a group of people who'd gather around as witnesses. And the Bible says this is, this is their response to what Boaz said. Can, you could sense the excitement in Boaz's heart. Boaz says, if you won't buy her and you won't redeem her, I'll buy her. And I've changed. we're passing shoes around and we're going to make this thing real and true. And I'm excited about it. And everybody was excited for Boaz because Boaz was full of excitement about the fact that Ruth would be his bride. And here's what the people said. All the people, verse number 11, that were in the gate. And the elders said, we are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that has come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel and do thou worthily in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. The people said, hey, where our prayer is that God will bless you like Rachel and Leah. Rachel and Leah gave Jacob, Israel, eight sons, and eight of the 12 tribes of Israel came out of those two ladies. They said, we're praying that God will bless you like he blessed the nation of Israel. Then it continues, verse 12. And let thy house be like the house of Pharez, whom Tamar bare unto Judah, of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. Now, it's interesting because the first two ladies that we are compared to are Rachel and Leah. These are chosen. These are the brides of Jacob. But then there's Pharez, whom Tamar bare unto Judah. Tamar. You know Tamar? We meet her again in Matthew chapter 1. Tamar was a harlot. And these folks say, Let's, we're asking God to do 
in your home like he did with Tamar. Tamar was a harlot. Ruth was a pagan Moabitess who'd put her trust in the Lord. And God blessed even though there was great sin and trouble in the past. The message of verse number 12 is that in spite of us, in spite of our wickedness, God blesses. Aren't you glad that you don't have to be perfect to receive the blessings of God? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God blesses people who don't deserve blessing? If he didn't, none of us would be blessed at all. Ruth was blessed. Ruth, who in the beginning of the book is standing beside the grave of her husband, now has promise, great promise and blessing. And the people of Bethlehem are excited. The Bible says, verse 13, So Boaz took Ruth, she was his wife. When he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. The women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom, became a nurse unto it. What did God do for Naomi? God gave Naomi the grandbaby she'd always dreamed of. Those of you who have grandchildren, you know that's a blessing. Unless the parents leave them there for more than one or two nights, it's a blessing. Naomi's heart is full with a baby in her arms. Naomi's blessed. and Naomi, who had suffered such great bitterness, looks into the face of this little boy in Obed and praises the Lord for his blessing. You know, God blessed Naomi. You know why we can rest? You know why we can sit still? Sit still and trust God's redemption. Sit still and trust God's blessing. Look, the greatest burden in Naomi's life now in a few short years, has produced a blessing that she could never even imagine. Even the women acknowledged something special that Naomi had. The women of this group said, Hey, we praise the Lord for Ruth because she was better to you than a whole house full of sons. And Naomi says, I thank you, Lord. Oh, it was hard, I know, but thank you for your blessing." How many of you ever watched a deep trial in your Christian life become a great blessing? How many of you ever done that? I have. I can give you testimony after testimony after testimony of things that you think is the end. God has used it for a blessing. And if you're at this moment in a situation in life where you stand like with Naomi at a graveside, and you think, there's no hope for me. I tell you, you can sit still and rest on the Lord because... God is still in the blessing business. Sit still. Trust God's blessing. And finally, sit still. Trust God's purpose. Trust God's purpose. Why in the world is this little book of Ruth nestled right here in the Bible where it's at? Because ultimately God wants you to see his purpose God's purpose in giving us the book of Ruth is to give us a beautiful story and an insight into the coming of the Christ. God had promised that out of the nation of Israel and 
the seed of David would come, Lord Jesus Christ. And Ruth and Boaz make up a very important part of the coming of the Messiah. The Bible says in verse 17, the women, her neighbors, gave it a name saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. Obed literally means servant. They called his name Obed. And here's the important thing. Look at it with me in verse number 17. He is the father of Jesse. The father of David. Now, these are the generations of Pharaohs. Pharaohs beget Hezron. Hezron beget Ram. Ram beget Amenadab. Amenadab beget Nashon. Nashon beget Salmon. Salmon beget Boaz. Boaz beget Obed. And Obed beget Jesse. And Jesse beget David. The Bible says we want you to know where David came from. David, the man after God's own heart. He came from the marriage, the providential moving and working of God, the marriage of Ruth and Boaz. It's an interesting thought. How many of you remember your great-grandmother? How many of you remember at least one great-grandmother? I was writing mine down. I remember uh, three, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Leola Sturgill, my grandmother Boyd in Texas, and also uh, uh, Sarah Chapman. I say Sarah Chapman first. Leola Sturgill, Sarah Chapman, and my grandmother Boyd. I remember three great grandmothers. Uh, two of them I had really close relationships, and Grandma Boyd, I was around her quite a bit. It's pretty exciting. Think about my great grandmothers again. You know something fascinating? You know whose great-grandmother Ruth was? David. It's fun. It's exciting. Now look, here's the point though. Purpose. Do you think that Ruth would have been willing to go through the troubles of life in order that God would use her in such a big way to bring David into existence who ultimately would be the father and the great-grandfather, great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ruth would say, yes, I'll allow God to use my life for that kind of purpose. You see, life is uncomfortable, right? Do you get to moments where you just can't always sit still? I want to encourage you to do something. Sit still knowing that God has a great purpose for your life. I know that God does not put us through griefs and troubles just because he thinks it's fun. (laughs) You remember something. The trials of life bear the purpose of God. And you can rest. You can rest in the fact that God is faithful. I just want to encourage you to do something. You're here today, and man, this is tough. Sit still. Sit still. Rest in the fact that God will not rest until he does the work that he's determined to do with your life. Sit still. We can trust the Lord. Don't forget it.